This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Call 0345 973. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. Four minutes after 12 is the time you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC, where Mystery Hour is upon us. Your weekly opportunity to, well, I don't know, increase the sum total of your human knowledge. Guaranteed, actually, between now and one o'clock. By one o'clock today, if you listen to the rest of this hour, you will know more than you do now. Uh, so, not sort of guarantee you get anywhere else. But also, generally, if you're new to this, we usually get a giggle out of it, don't we? Or ten. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number you need if you know what it's all about. Stay with me for a moment or two more if you don't, and I will explain. It is the radio equivalent of those timeless newspaper features where readers write in with a question and other readers write in with an answer, except much, much more exciting. You've got a who or a why or a where or a when, a whither or indeed a wherefore, and... You haven't been able to get resolution, satisfaction, the answer. Why do we do that? Where does that come from? Who does this? Who does that? Why? Why do we do? Where origins of? And you know there probably is an answer. You, like me, live in a world where you could probably find it out at your fingertips with a little bit of astute search engine consultation. But you, you pine for the days of shared information, enlightenment, education, knowledge, when knowledge was something special as opposed to... Knowledge was something you got off Wikipedia. Why do I need to read books? Everything I need to know is already on the internet. That, that, you, you know that's nonsense. So we're just trying to celebrate knowledge because it's more about the answers, in a way, than the questions this hour. It's why you know what you know. And the answers to that are brilliant. It can be right up from the top of the academic tree. One of our most popular and frequent contributors is the Professor of the Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton. We also have a Professor of Robotics at the University of Middlesex, makes frequent appearances. But at the other end of the scale, the answer to the question, when I say, how do you know that bit of knowledge? What are your qualifications? You could say something as banal as I saw it on telly last night, James. And even occasionally, I heard it on Mystery Hour last year, although we tried to avoid that because one of the two criteria under which you won't be invited to join in is repetition, if we can remember dealing with it recently, and dullness, which is a little bit in the eye of the beholder, or indeed, as it always says in pubs, management reserves the right to refuse permission. If we think it's boring, you won't get on. And if it's about cars, motoring, or indeed a question to which you're probably the only person who'll be interested in the answer, then chances are it's boring. That's it, really. Um, I, I always promise every week for people who listen on the podcast because they can't listen to the radio programme live, I, uh, I always promise to get you involved and then I subsequently forget. But um, not today. I will definitely get you involved. If you've submitted a question under hashtag Twitter Mystery Hour, I will find it and I will ask the best one. If you're listening on the podcast, do do that. Get involved in that. The more people do it, the harder I will find it to completely forget in subsequent weeks. Otherwise, I think we should just crack on. 7 after 12, it can be as silly as or as serious as you like. And if you hear someone ask a question to which you know the answer, then um, hit the numbers. You'll only hear me say the numbers as ever on the programme when I have phone lines free. Let's start with Adam, who is in Southend. Adam, what's your question? Hi, James. Um, I want to know, are olive stones used for anything other than planting and growing more olives? Like, what? What? Well, I was having my olive and sea bean salad the other day, and I was left with a pile of very hard stones on my plate yeah. that I couldn't chew into, and I thought to myself, well, 
the, the factories where they pit them and put them in jars must be left with mountains of these things. I wonder if they actually use them, because it's quite a hard substance. Well, so can you hard. use olive stones for some that. something other than planting olive trees? Yes. That's what I want to know. Right, do you do know... recycle them and use them as a... Ground them down and use them because they've got nutrients in, or do they... It's a good question. I thought it was a stupid question, but I've, I'm trying to guard against telling people that I think their questions are stupid, because usually 30 seconds later I realise it's me that's stupid and the question was actually pretty good. I quite like that. Do you know... Can I tell you something, if you promise not to tell anybody else? Yeah. I often think the same thing about toenails. <laughs> well, toenails are kind of, because um, um, I, I, my background is bi- biological science. Is it? I kind of know what they're made of, so I don't wonder about that so much. Well, I know what they're made of. They're made of keratin, but, but yeah. I, I, when I've done a good clip, especially if I've left it a while, and you've got your yeah. little pile on the bedside table... Yeah. Of ten of them, it just feels yeah. it feels substantial. I often I, I often find myself thinking as I contemplate the pile of, especially if I've got them in the palm of my hand and I'm sort of sprinkling them around a bit. <laughs> I think to myself, these should you should be able to they sh- these should be useful for something. There's a lot of them, and it's a, it's an infinite supply. Imagine if we could harness the power of toenails, Adam. Yeah, we would probably solve a whole bunch of the planet's problems by lunchtime. So th- your olive stones yeah. are my toenails. Yeah, I, I think the difference is that olives are done at uh, <laughs> uh, mass levels in one factory. Yeah, so are toes. You have to get a hell of, hell of a lot of feet together in one place to build it up enough. You could have, you could have a nail bank. Off. You could just have somewhere where you drop your nails off on the way to work. Well, why are you trying to complicate things? This is a brave new world I'm building. No, all right, we'll yeah. stick with the olive stones. And, and I, I sense you think I should leave the toenails out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to carry your bags of toenails to work every yeah, day. Yeah, all right, yeah, okay, just details. A few flaws, a few early flaws, mate. Come on, Rome wasn't built in a day. Do you think anyone said this to Dyson when he came up with the idea for a new Hoover? What can you do with olive stones? Do they do anything with olive stones? I, saw, I know what you mean. They sure you could pebble dash a house or something like that. Stan is in the strand. Question or answer, Stan? Uh, question, please. But you can use your toenails to clean between your teeth. Oh, jeez, man. That's rank. <laughs> No, seriously, Stan, that's not big and it's not clever. That's, ah, oh, people are having their lunch. Carry on. Yeah, well, anyway, um, do we give off, um, what? you know if someone says, oh, don't, don't, uh, don't show fear to the dog because they can smell it. Yeah. Do we actually give off an odour to an animal that will, is Pheromones. different to all the other odours we give off? So, do, do you want to go, do you want to go all in on smell, or should we broaden it out till sense? Can a dog sense a human's fear, or do you want to go in on smell? I, I prefer the smell, because I think you can see fear. You can, but I don't know if a dog can, just because you can. <coughs> yeah, but I just think they go, and they, but I'm just going on the expression, they say, oh, don't do it, because you can smell fear, and I'm just thinking, if I go for a jog and I'm sweating, yeah. it, it can't be that, because otherwise dogs would be attacking you all over the place. So it's not just so fear, it's not sweat that they smell, it's, uh, it could be an no, emotional, pheromonal... I like that. Dude, can dogs really smell fear? And if, if the answer to that question can broaden it out to sense, then I'll give them the money myself, but Stan has been quite adamant, he wants it all about the smell, not about touch, taste. What else would there be? Hearing, of course. You can't hear fear. Poem. Rupert's in Twickenham. Question or answer, Rupert? That's uh, a question. Yes. Um, concerns books. Good. Why is it that, and this is about 98% of times, why is it that the title of a book on the spine of the book, in English, for English books rather, is written from top to bottom, and yet for any foreign books, particularly French, German, etc., they're written from bottom to top? Are you sure about this? 
Yeah, well, I would say about 98... But they're written horizontally, they're not written vertically. They're, they're written, if you, if you were to sort of tilt your head onto your right shoulder, oh. you would read... Hang on a minute, not if you're driving. Not if you're driving. I have to do this, Rupert. You think I'm joking. I have to tell people, if you're driving, ignore what Rupert's telling you to do now. I'll do it on your behalf. OK, head on right shoulder. <laughs> and look at the spine of the book. That's, you're reading it from top to bottom. And if it was a French book or a German book... The title and author, probably, is written from bottom to top. Ah, so, yeah, because, because the right way up is determined by the front cover, not by the spine. So you've got the front cover in front of you, and it's the right way up. You turn to the spine, and an English book would go from top to bottom, and a, and a French book would go from bottom to top. That's correct. Well, why didn't you put it like that? Why didn't you do my shoulders? Well, it's just a different way of putting it, isn't it? I have to do <laughs> contortions and uh, cramping my right shoulder. So no, why is that? Why do you like the exercise? I like that. I like that question. <laughs> why, why English books seem to be spined differently from all other books? I mean, I, I, I haven't checked many. Have you? Yeah. Um, I mean, loads that I've looked at. I've come across the odd one that maybe is different, but there's yeah, very much American. the odd one. I like that question. I shall endeavour to find you an answer. Of course, there's always a danger on Mr. O that there just isn't one. This is an answer you give to your children frequently with the summer holidays that are upon us, because I say so, or because it is. Thank you, Rupert. Jim's in Hornchurch. Jim, question or answer? Yes, it's a question, James. Yes. As someone who's just recently started playing golf... How are you finding um, it? Yeah, hard. <laughs> yeah, just as well. Very hard, in fact. But um, I've been over the driving range, but I've just started playing on the courses. Um, and when you drive off, if you miss hit it, and the ball goes left or right onto another fairway, you shout out four. And I just wondered where the, why you used the word four. Four! We must have done yeah. this before. Before. <laughs> we must have I've done never, this. Uh, I've even asked other golfers, and they don't seem to know. A four ye go. You know when you buy a bottle of Bells, and it says, a four ye go? Yes, I do know that. On the on the side of it. I, I thought you might, yeah. Jim. I thought you might. <laughs> and... A four. It must be something to do with that, mustn't it? Four, it's like short for a four, a f- coming towards a four. A f- that's what it'll be. But I clearly, as I'm proving, I think fairly conclusively, don't know the answer. No, I don't either. But I'm sure someone will. Yeah, that's got to be up there. That's that's got to be easy. Come on, that's low hanging fruit. You've never got a mystery. A round of applause. Jim's just given you an open goal. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number to call. Can you use olive stones for anything? Do you know, I, I, I mentioned this, David, because you're clearly a man of epic achievement. David Arnold, of course, the um, film composer, um, he's done some cracking work, but perhaps most famous for his work on the Bond films. He's just tweeted to say, olive stones are used for the oil. That's where the oil comes from. I don't think that's true, mate. That Olive oil comes from olives, and the stones are what's left over. I could be wrong, but we've got an answer to that coming up. What can you use olive stones for? Can dogs smell fear? Why do English books have the title written up the spine in one direction and all other books have it written in the other? And why do golfers shout for? Why the word for? Don't ring me up and say, oh, it's to stop people getting hit by a low-flying golf ball, James. I know why they shout for. I know why they shout, but why do they use the word for when they're shouting? Yeah, all right, it's 12.15. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 20 minutes after 12. Can you use the leftover olive stones for anything? I've got a feeling I'm going to have to issue an apology to David Arnold, the superstar film composer who contacted me to tell me. It sells me right for reading out tweets, just making exceptions. should never do that. 
One rule for all. Um, tells me that they can actually grind down elements of the stones and add it to the oil. Can dogs really sense human fear? Why does the title of a book on an English publication go one way on the spine and on non-English comp uh, publications apparently go the other way? And why do golfers shout for? Why the word for? Nick's in Teddington. Question or answer, Nick? Uh, it's an answer, James. Carry on, Nick. Uh, well, it's, uh, I've just got back from Puglia, which is a huge olive-producing uh, part of Italy. And apparently, when you've, got the, when you've pressed the olives and got the oil, extracted all the oil, yes. and the pips and nuts are left, you know, the stones are left, they can uh, dry, I don't know if they dry them first, but they, they, you know, I think there's some process, and then they put them into an auger, and then they heat their houses through the winter with them. An auger, really? You know. Well, this is what I was told. My, um, my brother is um, in the process of buying a place there and has looked into it as a way of heating uh, the house during winter. And apparently, you know, because it's a huge resource. Yeah, biofuel, literally. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic yeah, biofuel. That's, that's what I'm told. I didn't see it working in, in practice, but the place we were staying, apparently that they used that method to heat their place in the, in the winter. But obviously, you know, if they're living there full-time, then that's, they can monitor it and keep on top of it. But if you're, you know, if you're popping in and out, it's probably not the most efficient way of doing it. I like it. Um, I think that there is also some... some I mean, David some, Arnold, did yeah. he come up with the... What did he say? That you could get some more oil from them? Yeah. I'm not sure about that. Oh, don't say yeah. that. Sorry? Don't say that. He's supposed to be well, going back to work. He's, but what does he know about olives? Well, he knows a lot about olives. Oh, right, OK. Right, he's got a mate who's got an olive plantation. <laughs> you know, don't come on here and start dissing David Arnold. <laughs> I, know, I know him through work. But uh, I do you really? It's a small old world, isn't it? Oh, right, I'm going to give you a round of applause, but I think sometimes that, that there are... Well, I'll give you a round of applause. There we go. Thank you. No, thank you. Are you a musician as well? No, I work in the film industry designing stuff. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Because um, we used to have theme tunes. Do you remember? Whatever happened to the Mystery Hour theme tunes? Can we dig any of them out? I love the Mystery Hour theme tunes. Can we find Clumsy Tongues? I like that one. We haven't listened to Clumsy Tongues for a while. No, no. What was, what was, the, what was the acoustic one? The one? Not Clumsy Tongue. Clumsy Tongue was quite hip-hoppy. And then there was a the nice bloke who did it. Started it all off. You think I'm making this up? We had, we had a cornucopia of Mystery Hour theme tunes at one point. Leslie's in Twickenham. Leslie, question or answer? Oh, it's an answer, James. Carry on, Leslie. Um, well, in the 60s, um, I used to work, um, well, that was my, my profession. I was a typographer and a designer. Oh, yes. And um, I used to work for Cambridge University Press. Ah, this is the book on, question that you're going to yeah, answer. Yes. Yeah, on, on, the ben on the Euston Road in a um, Bentley house. Oh, yes. And um, when I went there, I was the only designer there. Um, I was straight out of art college. Cool uh, job. I know, I know. I, you know, I was never unemployed. I came straight to London yeah. and got a job in a week, really. Fantastic. Um, anyway, um, John Dreyfus, who was a famous typographer, used to come in weekly to our offices to offer his expert advice. And um, we used to go down to um, the library and, and look at the books and the spines. Yeah. And um, they go both ways, top to bottom, bottom to top. So there's no rule, really. So Rupert's observations were unscientific? Yeah, yeah. Hang on a minute. Stewart's Inquiry. Is it? Well, Rupert rang from Twickenham as well. Oh, did he? Oh, well, did he? How do I know that I haven't been... How do I know that your fondest ambition wasn't to answer a question on Mystery Hour and that Rupert is actually your husband or close friend or no, possibly secret lover and he rang in with a question he knew you'd be able to answer so that you, no, with your James, quite James. exclusive knowledge, could ring in and get a round of applause? No, James, I've just come back from Marks and Spencer's in, Twick in Teddington, and oh. I, I got through the door, and I heard it, and I thought, I know the answer to this. All right. Well, th there isn't really a, a true answer. Why did you go to the Marks and Spencer's in Teddington and not the one in Twickenham? Um, because um, 
That's a good question. It's quite quite, quite a nice car park, and fair uh, enough. They can wash your car. Do you know what I? Do you know what I think the real reason is? Go on. There's a very real danger of bumping into Steve Allen if you shop in Marks and Spencers in Twickenham. Well, actually, listen. I'll tell you what happened to me with Steve Allen. I was driving along in my little um, my, my little car, yeah, and. Um, I was behind Steve Allen, I'm sure I was behind him, and I was going to home base, and he went to home base, and I thought, I'm sure he thinks I'm stalking him, because I'm behind him, and I followed him All in. All the way into home base? Um? All the way into home base? He yeah, probably exactly, would yeah. think you were stalking him, he's got a very high opinion of himself. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was him, but I just walked... Was he in a Bentley? He was. Yeah. Yeah. Probably was. When he got to home base, yeah. did he open the boot of the Bentley and start taking stuff out of all the Poundland bags and putting it in Marks and Spencer's bags before he drove home and the neighbours saw him getting the shopping out of the boot? No, he parked... Because he does that a lot. No, he parked in the part of home base, which is a bit secret. Did he? And um, Yeah, and I parked there once, but um, <laughs> I, I had to sit there for half an hour because I've got a Nissan Figaro car and I've got a long... Um, there's no, you get in the back, there's only one door. Oh. Somebody parks close to me, I can't actually get in my car. So you have to wait for them to go before you can open. Yeah. You remind me of a, of a housing estate a couple of years ago where they built garages and it was all, you know, big. And But actually, by the time you'd driven into the garage, no normal sized car could be opened. No, yeah. They tried to get a refund. Passenger. I have to sit in the passenger seat um, and wait for them to go. You're listening to the Leslie and Twickenham show on LBC. <laughs> Uh, and you've just earned this, Leslie. Sorry? You, you round of applause, you got that? Yeah. Good. Thank you. You, you don't sound very excited about it. Pardon? Yeah, I am. All right. Well, okay. okay, bye. 26 after 12, you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Here you go. This is what we were talking about. You don't believe me, do you? Recent arrivals at Mystery Hour Towers. Here we go, here we go. Unexplained, some things remain as a mystery Leaving you with no words left to say like Mr Bean Give your itch to me, scratch mystery, who's he? Clumsy tongue, and you're listening to James O'Brien on the LBC It's lovely, that. Have you got the other ones as well? What's the name of the fellow who came up? We'll drop in in a bit. What's the name of the fellow who came up with the first one? God, he did it. He had his, Chris often. Chris had his children on backing vocals. I want Chris and and, and what's the other fella called? The, the, the one that did the acoustic-y version. Uh, Fizzy Fifty. Uh, Fizzy Fifty. We'll get. We'll, hey, greatest hits of mystery. Yeah. Terry is in Barking. Question or answer, Terry? Question for you, James. Carry on, Terry. Uh, Seven Sisters Road over in North London. There. Oh, yeah. Go on. Who's the seventh sister? Do you know, I bought a book a couple of years ago, so I'd be able to answer all these questions. Do you know what, Terry? At my time of life, it's in one ear, out the other. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, it might have been witches. Was it witches? Witches, do you reckon? They hanged some witches, or, or trees. That's not really definitive, witches or trees, is it? Come and James, you're the expert, mate, I want an answer. <laughs> I'm not yeah. the flipping expert, I'm putting that out, although uh, you remind me of a hilarious joke that's come in from Italy in the last ten minutes. It says, Dear James, nail clippings make excellent rose fertiliser, as do the beard shavings from your electric razor. I'm surprised you didn't know this, as you seem to know everything else. Yeah, thanks a bunch, Ulrika. <sighs> Emailing me from your lovely Venetian palazzo. Right, let's find out for Terry, what are the seven sisters named after, as in Seven Sisters Road. Ben's in Shoreditch. Ben, question or answer? Question, Carry on, Ben. Uh, I'd like to know why bus drivers don't have to wear seatbelts. 
All right, I'll wait for a bus driver. I think I know the answer. Have I had a round of applause yet today? I'm not sure I have. Shall I answer this? I No, I won't answer this one because I'm not definitive on it. I, same with minicab drivers, but still, we'll find out for you. If you know the answer to that and you drive a bus, give us a quick call. John's in Reading. John, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer to your golfing four question. Yes. Why the word four? It's actually shortened for from, I think it was something like look out before, certainly from the word before. And it was from the days, I think, the Napoleonic Wars, something like that, where they had two rows of soldiers. Before, before as in in front of me. Yes, as yes. in before, as in look out before, shortened to before, and then it was shortened to four. So the first and rank of soldiers would duck, so the second rank the of soldiers would fire their guns. They, they reload their rifles. Yeah. The rear rank would then shoot, and then they would shout the warning so they didn't stand up and get shot in the back of the head. A four. Look a four. Yeah. Um, what are your qualifications? Uh, 16 years in the military, and I tend to pick up on military stuff, and it sticks in my noggin for some reason. I'm going to so. give you a round of applause on this, because it's a beautiful answer, and if it turns out not to be true, I will be disappointed, but I've got no reason to doubt you, John. I'll refund you tomorrow. <laughs> yes, I will, yeah. Tomorrow you have to ring in and give it back. It's coming up to half past 12. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Questions that still need answers. Can dogs sense smell fear? What, what, what were the Seven Sisters, um, as in the famous London landmark Seven Sisters Road? And why do bus drivers not have to wear seatbelts? If you can answer any of those, give me a call now. If you've got a question of your own that hasn't been answered, give me a call now. I've got a couple of phone eyes free, not least because I'm just waving goodbye to John in Reading. 0345 I'm James O'Brien. It's half past 12. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 33 minutes after 12. This is potentially going to be a controversial mystery hour. I, I, I can already see some dispute over the question about shouting four at golf. The bus driver's question that hasn't been answered yet. Again, I think it's obvious, but I want a proper bus driver. You can only answer that if you're a bus driver. Why don't bus drivers wear seatbelts? The origins of Seven Sisters, as in the road. Can dogs sense fear? Um, the number you need is 0345 Three. We we're also having a little bit of a trip down memory lane when Mystery Hour had its own theme tunes. We had to stop playing the theme tunes when we changed from LBC 97.3, a London-based radio station, to LBC, Leading Britain's Conversation, a national radio station. But, you know, nothing wrong with a little bit of, um, a little bit of retrospective musical pleasure. This is how it all started. Every Thursday at noon on LBC, it's Mystery Hour with Mr. James O'B. You're gonna know more than you did before. Mystery Hour. Mystery Hour. 97.3. Happy days. Uh, John is. That was Chris Offen and family. Uh, John is in Stratford. John, question or answer? Answer, James. Carry on. Hello, James. Yeah, about the Seven Sisters. Oh, yes. Right, yeah. There were seven trees located there, uh, so they had to cut those seven trees down to build the station. And the trees were called the Seven Sisters? Yeah, that's why the name, yeah, that's right. So the name was just transferred onto the uh, station of Seven Sisters, yeah. Qualifications? Uh, I read it in a book when I was doing a project. What was the project? I was uh, writing about um, life, early life in Tottenham. Blimey, that'll do. project, yeah. So, so when I said trees or witches, I was actually right. No, trees. There were trees. Yeah, but trees or witches. I was right. Mm, yeah, so you weren't definitive, were you? I'm definitive. <laughs> <laughs> ha 
right, no, that little chuckle at the end, that's adding insult to injury, my friend. It's all very well putting me in my place and teaching me the rules of a game I invented, but that callous little chuckle at the end, that's just outrageous. But not outrageous enough to deny you this, John. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Nicely played. Simon's in Halston. Um, question or answer, Simon? Answer. Yes. It's, it's regarding to the um, lun- the bus drivers wearing seatbelts. Are you a, are you a bus driver? No, I'm not. But I'm an no. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It I'm sorry. Myself. No, I, I was quite clear that it was only bus drivers who were allowed to answer this question. Uh, well, I can tell you why. They, they no, stop talking. Belts. You're not allowed to. It's bus drivers only. Oh, come on, James. Well, I mean, what's the, what's the point of making rules up as I go along if I let people like you break them willy-nilly? Do you want me to take a picture of a bus driver wearing a seat button and I'll tweet it to you? Hang on, I nearly died of excitement then. Yes. So yeah. they do sometimes wear a seatbelt. Go on then, you're, you're an enthusiast, you can do it. It's the next best thing to a driver. Okay, thank you very much. You're, um, very, you're very welcome. They, they do wear seatbelts. The, the older the buses, they don't wear the seatbelts. The newer the bus drive, the, the newer the buses, they do wear seatbelts. Are you sure? Yes. What if? There's what a if? Routes in my area that drivers wear seatbelts. But I, I would have thought the answer was that you know they they have a lot to do. They've got to collect fares. They've got to turn and talk to people. They might have to jump up and grab someone who's trying to run away without paying. You, you know, there's they, they can't be pinned in all the time like that that's what i thought but i asked them why and they said well because of the safety laws that they have enforced recently you know but none of the passengers wear seatbelts that's true but like they only use they only have seatbelts for the passengers if it's the buses are on for hire okay yeah qualification simon as i said before i'm a bus enthusiast and i um i i, I love transport in general No, I love transport in general as well. I'm, I'm, yeah. b- I'm bigger on cranes and bridges, though, but sometimes just looking at stuff can give you an excitement that other people never understand. Yeah. I wouldn't go and shoot a lion, don't get me yeah, wrong, but no, I like I admiring... No, I've already put that on Facebook already, given my ears and views on that already, so... Thank God for that, because I, I know, f- I, for one, was very worried that we hadn't heard enough from you on that subject. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, I heard it this morning, and I just said, that's it, I'm posting something. Blimey. Um, I think I'm friends with you on Facebook, as it is your... I can hardly wait. Facebook friends, yeah. is, is it on my page? Um, no, it's not on your page, but it's on my page, but... I'm right. not going to say myself. Yeah, I, no, 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 it's all right. No, 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 don't, don't, no. Right. You know this is the Leslie from Twickenham show, don't you? Not the Simon from Halston show. No, I know. Because you, you, you're trying to sort of steal some of her thunder now with a bit of background biographical information. <laughs> I bet you've never been stuck in a car park because your car was parked too close to the car next door so you couldn't open the door, have you? No. Oh, and you're supposed to be a transport enthusiast. I am a transport enthusiast. All right, have a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Susan's in Edinburgh. Susan, question or answer? Hello. Oh, hi, James. It's a question, please. Uh, carry on, Susan. Oh, well, um, the other night, uh, my husband uh, called me through to the kitchen because we live in a... Ste- steady on. Right? I say, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't know what passes for talk radio in Scotland, but uh, I, uh, you, this is a family programme, Susan. Uh, I apologise. It wasn't anything dodgy. Oh, good. Can't, sorry. sorry. My apologies for interrupting. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's all right. Um, anyway, so we live on the top floor. Yes. Um, and he said, he said, you have to come through and see this. Uh, and it was uh, loads and loads of bats were just flying around outside the window. Yes. And it was really cool. You know, they were like ducking and diving and stuff. But then I got to thinking, where have they come from? Because there's not any caves around. I don't 
they were a bit short on belfries around my way. Um, so, you know, and I don't ever I remember... Well, you think you're short of belfries. Too. You think you're short on belfries. Uh, bats like mice can, can get through t- the tiniest of holes. And they'll be just hanging from the eaves. You could have them in your attic without knowing it. Well, you know, I, I totally think that's possible. But I just, I just wondered if there was, you know, like... Because I did a little bit of looking online. They yeah. said at this time of year they're in big maternity colonies. Like all the mummy bats hang around. Wow. Um, so I just thought, like, you know, if there's a whole big load of them, surely you'd notice that in your attic. I don't think you would. I don't, my next door neighbours had bats in their attic when I was growing up. I, I grew up in the countryside, but um, mm-hmm. it, it, it caused a bit of, a, of, of an issue because they were protected. I can't remember why, whether they wanted to convert their roof or something like that, but they'd, they'd never known they were there. They had a colony of bats living in their loft and they'd never known they were there. Yeah. Oh, well. I, I think it's that simple, unless you're hoping for like a portal to another dimension through which bats pass every August. Uh, no. Um, no, I'm not thinking anything too supernatural or anything like that. I was just... I don't know, I was just curious, because I, I But you never see mice. You, you, you could have mice in your house and not know about it for months or years. I sometimes see the odd one running about. Uh, and you see the droppings, because they come into the inhabited areas. But the bats, unless you're up in your attic every night, I bet you've got them in your own attic. Are you in one of those lovely big tenements in Edinburgh? Yes, I am. I'm in a tenement. But we don't have an attic. So they must be maybe in someone else's attic. Yeah, they, I'm pretty sure they were. Unless, unless I'm missing something, I think, I think it is that simple. Okay. But I, I feel oh, well. you're going away unsatisfied, Susan. I, don't, I just thought it might be fun, quite fun to get, like, a bat enthusiast or something. It, well, it would be. It was, so if you see a big bunch of bats in a city, where are they most likely to be hanging? Yeah. All right, then. I'll leave it on the board. I haven't got a round of applause yet today. This, is, this could be awful. Susan, thank you very much. Edinburgh Festival on the way, actually. Speaking of portals to different dimensions through which all manner of freaks and funsters will be passing into Edinburgh soon. Poppy's in Reading. Hello, Poppy. Hey, you ain't going to get a round of applause from this one either. Let's wait and see, shall we, champ? All right, then. Question or answer? Question, Bring it on. Bring it on. Apart from an answer I had last time and the professor stole it off me. Yeah, sorry about that. He's he's like that. Yeah, I know, but there you go. So, dyslexia. I've got dyslexia, okay? Mm. So... Um, how come I have a problem with English, but when I'm speaking Arabic or writing Arabic, I don't have a problem at all? Is dyslexia just an English thing? Is that for real? How does does Arabic move across the page in the same way as English? Forgive my ignorance. It's from right to left. It's from right to left. I wonder if that might have something. It's not letters. Yeah. I wonder if that might have something to do with it. So you can read Arabic fluidly, fluently. Well, I, that depends on how fast. Like, I can read Arabic. But you can read uh, Arabic more easily than English? No, not more easily. But I don't I don't trip up on words or characters or anything like that. You don't get confusion. You don't get your A's and your O's mixed no, up or your 9's and your 6's, L's and B's. Yeah. yeah, and there are some words similar. So I could, I could get them mixed up, but I don't. I don't have any problem. But with English, I do regularly. Uh, oh, it might just be you. It might, I mean, you might have actually unearthed a new psychological wriggle in the history of humanity here. It might not be something that anyone else has ever identified or analysed. you realise that? Well, we'll see. But you're learning, you're learning Arabic quite... I mean, I know you're young, but you, you, you started learning Arabic later in life, not, not from scratch. It wasn't... Yeah, it, from about a year ago. It might be something to do with that. All right, then. 
But you're right, actually. I'm not going to get a round of applause for this one. Why is Poppy dyslexic in English and not, apparently, in Arabic? 0345. That could be the most interesting question we've had in ages. 0345 60609. 73 is the number you need. Um, seven sisters we've done. Dogs. Can dogs sense fear? Someone must know that, surely. And we may need to double up on the bus driver question. Otherwise, I've got room for more more questions. If you want to get your question on the board, give me a quick call now. 0345 606973. Uh, Graham's in High Wycombe. Graham, question or answer? I've got an answer, James. Go on. It's to the golf one. Is this a steward's inquiry? Yeah, I think it's a serious inquiry. John, I, have to, I have to warn you, I've met John in Reading. He is a very big and burly ex-military man, all right? But if you want to start if you want to start tweaking his nose and calling him a liar, that's absolutely fine by me, Graham. This is the thing, you see. Now, this is the thing. So, he doesn't live that far away, so I'm going to be careful here. No. Um, right, OK, so, um, in, back, back in the day in golf, they would have two types of caddy. One was a uh, caddy caddy that would carry the bag. The other was a caddy that would go ahead to find the golf ball in all the types of bushes and heather and gorse and everything and they were the four caddies and when the guys hitting their golf ball would hit it offline they would shout four to get the attention of the four caddy to to tell him to start looking because it's gone over towards him they didn't really care about people getting their head down they were more concerned about losing their golf ball yes um and and because a lot of the people that were playing golf in the time were um of the military background, they quite enjoyed shouting for because it was what they used to shout. So, so they did used to shout it as soldiers. Uh, well, they probably did because the man in the army's probably right, but it's to do with getting the. No, I don't think he them. is. I think you're trying to cover your backside here a bit, aren't you? I think <laughs> the man in the army got it horribly wrong. Oh, John was in the navy anyway, wasn't he? Not the anyway, it doesn't matter. But he, he got it horribly wrong. I think it's all about the four caddy. I think you're right. Anyway, what are your qualifications? I'm a golf professional, and you will see four caddies written all over golf courses in pictures and that. When you go around the clubhouse, there'll always be a picture with a four caddy and things so like that. So it really couldn't be simpler. Here comes the ball, fella. Start looking out for it. Exactly. So it wasn't even saying get out of the way originally. It was saying, it's coming. Yeah. Keep your eyes and peeled, that, pal. And that, applies, and that applies probably to firing cannons in the army, but in golf, it's to do with the four caddy. Graham, here is your... Have you got any top advice for, for the fellow who asked the question? Because he's only just started playing. He's just pr- progressed up from the driving range to the courses. If he could afford a, a, a sparkling professional like you, what would you say to him rather than show him on your very first lesson to make him a better player than he is now? <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are things you can do to uh, use your time better, but if you do want to play lots of golf, go and see your local golf pro and uh, sign yourself up. Of I thought I said, can you give him any advice? Not, Graham, give yourself a free advert. I must, I must have misheard myself. It's 12.46. <laughs> 12.51, you're listening to Mystery Hour with me, James O'Brien, on LBC. Um, fizzy, mate, I, 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 I'm so glad that you're still listening. And here, here is, although... Fizzy, from from your Twitter, this is a slight. You put me in a slightly confusing situation. It would appear that Fizzy Fifty, who recorded the next um, uh, Mystery Hour theme tune, is currently transitioning. So good luck to you. Uh, and whether or not we need a new version when the transition is complete, I shall let you decide. If you're a doctor or a proctor or just sell from door to door, validation of your evidence is what we're waiting for. Of the universe's trivialist questions of the year, like why it's bad to die in Delos or find cheese behind your ear, your only obligations to obey O'Brien's law. That's cool. Don't text. So phone up quick and don't be fit for a mystery. Our applause. 
Ah, oh, happy days. 12.52 is the time. Steve's in Bishopsgate. Question or answer, Steve? It's an answer. Carry on, mate. Dogs can't smell fear. How do you know? Because there are no scientific tests at the moment to prove unquestionably that dogs can smell fear. Obviously... Well, that means, that, that means you can't answer it. I can answer it as to this day that dogs cannot smell fear. No, but you can't. You can't. You can say you can't prove that dogs can smell fear, but they might well be able to smell fear. We just haven't proved it yet. In ten years' time, definitely. What are your qualifications? I'm a dog behaviourist. I've worked with dogs with behaviour problems for many years, and I run Pinnacle Dog Training Services. Do you think... Oh, I don't know. Cheeky free advert might just get you chucked out now. Really? (laughs) No, that's all right. That's fine. um, Do you think the dog can actually sense human fear? No, a lot of people think they can. The reason... Yeah, what do you think? What do you think, Steve? I'd say, OK, with the work I do, I don't believe they can. So no. a terrified human being will have no impact whatsoever upon a dog's likelihood to, to attack or to not attack or behave in a certain way. The only way they will know is if a, a human shows fear, he will not come towards the dog. So if the owner is fearful of the dog, the dog will sense the body language... The body language? ...of the human. I, I got some good news and some bad news. Oh, you like good news? Go on. Well, you're going to have to get the bad news as well. Good news is, okay. producer's very impressed with you. Okay. Bad news is, Professor Hal's on the line with a challenge. Okay. Professor Hal. Hello, James. Hello, mate. Can dogs smell fear? Yes. Um, it might need a bit more than that, Hal. Yeah, yeah, mate. Uh, um... You were quite right. It's all to do with pheromones, and um, the evolutionary basis for, ha- for exuding a smell of fear, aka naked gun 33 and a third, is there is um, a benefit in being able to communicate to others um, unease or danger without actually making a noise about it. So if you're in a group and you've spotted a predator, there's um, some benefit in it. And don't forget, we've got um, pheromones which um, express sexual arousal. And dogs can actually speak, detect... Speak for yourself, like, Hal. Oh, well, it's been so long, mate. <laughs> dogs can actually detect things like diabetes. I've got a, a colleague who's, who's a diabetic who's, who's got a dog. Ah. For that very purpose. They can detect cancer by someone's breath. And it's not a great stretch to say then they can... Det- I mean, I, I've, I've been in situations where someone's been terrified and they do smell different. Yeah. There's, um, there was an article, I think, in end of last decade uh, concerning there's some studies which say humans can detect the smell of fear. And I'm sure you must have been in situations where someone's had a big fright. They smell different. Yeah. Steve, I'm leaning to the prof. I can understand why you're leaning to the prof, but if he can tell me any scientific experiments that prove that dogs can smell fear, I would agree with him as well. Do you have to to provide a a piston... Not a piston, what's it called, Hal? Evidence. Uh, uh, peer-reviewed. Imper- imper- what? Imper- peer-reviewed evidence. Peer re- no, the I'm other word. Evidence. Empirical. Empirical evidence. I'm not allowed to look stuff up, though. But you reckon you could? I know I could. He knows he could. Fighting talk there, Steve. Well, I agree with the diabetic. I agree with him with the cancer. That's well known. I would... What he said about dogs uh, <laughs> with other predators, yes, you can, you can understand that. But the question was, can dogs smell fear in humans? And I believe that the dog will react to the body language rather than the smell. Based on what empirical evidence? Sorry, say again? 
based on what empirical evidence? If I can just lob the ball back at you. No, you're not looking at the ball back at me. Basically, all the, 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 everything I've actually learned is by body language. If someone comes to a dog and, they're at, and they've got like a, a large frame and they're coming towards a dog, a dog will cower back. Not because he smells aggression in that man, but because of the body language towards a dog. And it's the same in, with fear. If someone's scared of a dog, they will go to stroke it, they will put his hand above the dog's head, and you know the person is very, very nervous or scared of the dog. The dog will react to that. He reacts to the body language, not the smell. Absence of proof isn't proof of absence. We can duke it out on Twitter. I agree 100%, sir. Oh, well, I, I, I like, thanks for keeping it friendly, fellas. I'm going to give you both a round of applause, just simply because I, 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 I don't want things to get awkward. Have we got any more theme tunes? It's uh, 12.57, you're listening to James O'Brien on Mystery Hour as, uh, as, as, as Mystery Hour once again goes up a rather unexpected avenue. Um, have we, we've run out. Just the bats, if we could have found out a little bit more about the bats. Jake's in Peckham. Question or answer, Jake? It's an answer, James. Good yeah. afternoon. Good afternoon. It's about the buses. The buses? Yes. Go on, then. The bus drivers. Oh, yeah. Um, they don't have to wear a seatbelt. Because they're travelling less than 500 metres per stop, so they don't have to wear one. Qualifications? Um, I used to be a bus driver. Quite a handy man. Okay. They go more than 500 metres between... Go on, give Jake a round of applause and I can squeeze in Mel. You pardon the expression. Mel, question or answer? Uh, Answer. Yeah, go on. Uh, it's a dyslexia thing. There's a lot of. Why, why does Poppy have have problems with English, but apparently no problems despite her dyslexia with Arabic? Because it isn't dyslexia; it's dyslexias. There's lots of different kinds of dyslexias, and they're caused by different things. You can have lesions on the brain. You can have problems in different parts of the brain. So, with um, a pictorial language, that's different from our language, for example. So, I don't. You know, perhaps somebody who had. For example, problems with reading English wouldn't have problems with reading Chinese. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that must be right, mustn't it? It must be right. It's to do with brain chemistry and wiring and, and I mean, neural pathways. What are your qualifications? Qualifications is lots of dyslexia in the family. Different so types? Kind of, well, um, no, I don't think so. I think we've got a pretty, pretty bog-standard type. But, but you've looked up, you've looked into it, and the, and yeah, the, the Arabic... Articles and things character based instead of letter based would explain yeah. why the brain struggles with one of them and not with the other. Yeah, well, it's Angie. This <laughs> thank you for Mystery Hour. Um, once again, delivers. We'll do it again next week, but I'll be here tomorrow from 10. I do hope you can join me. This is LBC. I'm James O'Brien. Here's Sheila Fogarty. Thank you very much.